Introducing Kicking Back with the Cooks, presented by Woodhouse. 18 brands, 16 convenient locations, simplified car buying to save you time. Shop, finance, and buy online at woodhouse.com. Here's head coach John Cook, along with your host, Lauren Cook-West. Welcome in another episode of Kicking Back with the Cooks. I have a special guest with me today. Where, where's Daddy? Uh, at the fire station. Daddy's a volunteer firefighter, so he's at the fire station. Madden's home with me, and who are we with? Um, Papa. Papa. We're recording the podcast with Papa, huh? Uh-huh. You want to say, how are you doing today, Papa? Uh-huh. Or say, how, how are you doing today, Coach Cook? Papa, how are you doing today? Oh, okay. Should I call you Madden or Merit? Because some uh, days Merit. you're Merit. <laughs> yeah. You want to be Merit, Merit today or Madden? Merit. Okay. All right. That'll make Merit feel special. So I'm doing good, Merit. I am, uh, but I am... But, but yesterday, I, there was a volleyball game coming up. And, 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 and then, a volleyball game coming up yesterday. And then I said the game was, it was almost over. The game was and, almost over. Uh-huh. Did you have to give Papa some coaching advice? Uh-huh. And then, and then I got hurt. And then you got hurt, and uh-huh. Jolene came out, mm-hmm. the trainer. What, what coaching advice do you have for Papa? What's coaching advice? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> What when you tell what do you tell Papa in the timeouts? What does Papa need to hear during a timeout? You don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you say? Mm-hmm. Do you say I got it, Papa? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got it, Papa. <laughs> okay, you go watch your show. Okay, you can take that. Well, we may have a few more toddler interruptions, but. Hey, hopefully, this is part hopefully. of it. Lindsay's got sick kids in the office. You know, Brian, our tech guy's got babies running around. Hey, it's, it's part of the deal. It is part of the deal. Well, we have, I want to start off with a story time because you have some big news of a new addition in your life. Oh, yeah. And his name is Boone. Yeah. B-O-O-N-E. And I'll let you uh, take over story time and tell us about baby Boone. <laughs> So uh, I'm at Big Ten meetings, and I get a text from Wendy, like, can we get another dog? And I said no. And then uh, later that day, we have a new rescue puppy from, uh, was found in a dump in Lander, Wyoming. And his, his, uh, uh, his, and we named him Boone. He's a cool little dog. And now Daisy has a playmate. And... We have another dog. So, uh, and again, thanks to you for selling me on <clears throat> all the texts when I'm at Big Ten meetings. It was very entertaining being at the Big Ten meetings and dealing with puppy, why we should get another puppy. So, uh, uh, but it kind of replaces Bud because Bud is now back in Nebraska at Lindsay's and got great pictures. We could post uh, her boys all rode Bud yesterday. Finally, it was nice out and she sent me pictures and videos of riding Bud, and he just, he looks so happy and proud that he's, like, carrying around those boys. So it's pretty cool. I got, I got a little emotional, uh, but he's, he's, uh, he's back in, in, the, in Nebraska. Baby Boone is treated like a newborn. He has nap time. He has play time. He has lunchtime i think he went to a, a special puppy class last night oh yeah to play with his litter mates were there and but he looks he's kind of a healer 
border collie mix. Yeah. yeah. Is that how you would describe him? That's what I think. He, and he, he can run. And anyway, he's, he's a big security cat at times. <laughs> like he, he runs and hides when he's scared. So he'll go so far out the house and then he's, he knows there's animals out there. So he's like, okay, it's far enough. I'm, I'm, I'm back, back. <laughs> run back between Wendy's legs. You know, we had, we had some breaking information and news in the last, in last month's episode and it all had to be deleted because things haven't been signed and paperwork hasn't been completed and hopefully it will come out soon. But there, there is some breaking news that I want to get to that I saw come out and you're part of the rules committee. So you were involved in this entire process, but they've approved double contacts as long as it's not, as long as it doesn't cross over the plane of the net. So as long, if it stays on your side, let's say Lexi has to step in, set a second contact. She butchers it. It's, it's a, the ball spinning or Bergen even as a setter, maybe she sets the ball and it's spinning. They're not going to call that. How do you feel about that? Will it make play more sloppy? I, I'm getting a lot of negative feedback from it. People are not happy with that decision. Well, people need to chill out. It's going to make the game better. I just uh, uh, was recruiting this weekend at the biggest tournament, Kansas City, and uh, down, the Triple Crown down in Kansas City. And, and anyway, they're, they're not calling double hits now in the juniors. And, and they don't do it in the men. It has not impacted the men's game. It's made it better. And again, if you have a setter that's going to be double hitting balls and, and, and making inconsistent sets, it's the only team that's going to hurt is, is their team. So it takes a call away from the refs. It keeps the game moving faster. And uh, I saw several plays or sets that would have been called if the rules were tighter. It doesn't impact the game. It, it lets them play more. And I think that's the whole goal is to play, keep the game moving. If we can speed up the, the timeouts and speed up the uh, review challenges. Uh, and internationally, that's what they're doing. And the, in the pro league, they've got these new cameras now, which kind of they can make a really quick decision on a challenge. So that's where the whole goal is and where we need to move for volleyball because uh, you know, when we have these three over three hour matches, it just gets too long for everybody and too long for TV. So uh, I think it's a great move and I think it's just going to free up players and not have to worry about that call. And then, you know, I, I still remember Bergen sets a perfect quits, quick set last year at a big match and they called double hit and we're like, what? Where, where was a double hit on that? It was a perfect set, perfect kill. And it's like, so for her, it's like, Oh man, what else are they going to call? And so I think it's going to really free up the setters. And, um, but it doesn't take away the responsibility of coaches to train setters and train and, and play the game as pure and clean as we can. The other rule that was approved is now two liberos will be able to be used. How do you envision that looking? And is that something that Nebraska is going to take advantage of? Uh, I still really don't understand it why you would have two liberos. Um, and so one way it's used is, okay, you're the better passer, so you go in and serve, receive, and pass. Okay, then I come in because I'm a better defender, so when we're serving, then I'll play defense. Well, to me, we already have enough subs and too many subs as it is. I've, if I was in charge of the rules committee and make decisions, we would, there'd be way less subs. What the advantage of this rule is, and it's 
mainly for the Division three programs and the NAI programs that they have large rosters and they're trying to recruit student athletes to come to their school. And because, like I think at Doan, for example, I think it's something like crazy, like 80% of the students play sports, which is awesome. But they're recruiting those kids. And now if you're going to have a roster of 20, 25 players on your team, how can you get them in? And that's why they like the, 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 the liberal sub rules. And it's too libero because now they can say, hey, you can come be a libero and, and then you can be a libero too. So they can rotate those liberos and play them easier, get them out, in and out easier. And so it's just a way of, you know, rewarding playing time and uh, getting more opportunity for people to play and saying, you know, you know, they're wearing the libero jersey as opposed to just a DS. So to me, I don't think, I don't see any tactical advantage to it. I mean, it's hard enough to find one good libero and then you want to try to get a rhythm and a consistency with that player. Uh, so uh, I really don't understand it and, and we're not going to be spending much time worrying about it. So these rules span across division one, two, three NAI. I mean, it's junior college, everything. Okay. So okay. the, the so rules committee is there's only two division one coaches on the rules committee. And then there's administrators and there's coaches, two coaches from all the other one or two coaches from all the other divisions. So, and this is where the challenge right now is in college athletics. When you've got these power conferences, what is best for them and what is best for division three? And Division Three outnumbers the Division One Power Five or Power Four, whatever you want to call them now. So, technically, though, you know they they have more votes in the NCAA than and then the Division One schools. So, and and, so, and you combine Division Two with them, their needs are different in all types of areas compared to what the the Division One. And so, football's gone to an oversight committee. Basketball has an oversight committee. Volleyball needs to get an oversight committee so we can do what's best for Division One and the Power Fives and, and the people that are really investing a lot of money in TV and things like that. You mentioned conferences and your some of your opponents, it, it was released on social media, online. Uh, you're, you're going to the East Coast, you're going to the West Coast. <clears throat> My question for you is, does travel to all those different time zones back and cross across the country, back and forth? Does jet lag, time change, travel fatigue, is that going to become worse for the players? And will that affect them physically, mentally? And then how do you feel about only playing three teams twice in the Big Ten? And, and how do they make a fair schedule with all of those teams? Well, they, they've got people doing that, you know, full time. I, I think they did a pretty nice job of creating a schedule. And again, there's a lot that goes into it. It's geography, it's uh, rivalries, uh, you know, on who you play twice. It's trying to make sure, you know, we get the best RPI we can in the conference. Uh, and I'm, I think it's great. I'd rather, much rather do this than play, try to play a tournament at the end and play less matches and not play everybody. I mean, that's one of the models out there. And I, I just, I think, our fans want to see Big Ten teams. We want to play the biggest Big Ten schedule we possibly can. That's what TV wants. That's what our fans want. It, the competition's great. Um, and especially with the West Coast schools coming in, it's going to ramp it up even more. And yes, it's going to be brutal for the athletes. But then I think, okay, how about Stanford and Cal? They're in the ACC. 
every school in the ACC is in the Eastern time zone. They're the two in the West. So at least we have four schools out there on the West Coast. So that's why if you look at the schedule, everybody from the East part of the Big Ten or the middle part only goes to the West Coast once. So you're either going to go play USC, UCLA, or you're going to go play Oregon and Washington. And so I think they did a really good job of managing that. And, of course, uh, the two teams we play twice are Illinois, Wisconsin, and Iowa. They're all pretty geographically close to us. And uh, there's some rivalries in there. And so I think that's, that's pretty, uh, pretty fair. And I think, you know, you know, everybody's going to have their challenges in, in, the, in the scheduling, but uh, I think they did it for how big our conference is. I think a guy named is Kevin who does it did a fantastic job, and it's, I think it's going to be really fun for the fans and exciting and new, and, but it's going to be brutal on athletes traveling, and, and there's going to be some long road trips. And the other thing, as soon as I got the schedule, I contacted our administration and said, man, our, our travel budget's going to go up. So it, uh, because, you know, we're, we're playing, you know, at times, you know, two matches in seven days. And, and if you combine that, I mean, it's four matches in seven days. So it's not like you're taking your time traveling to all these places. It's going to be charters and trying to get in, get out. And uh, so the travel budget's definitely going up. With the addition of the West Coast teams, will beach volleyball become an official Big Ten sport? No. I haven't heard one Big Ten school talk about beach, but Washington has a beach program, Oregon has a beach program, USC, UCLA have beach programs. We're the only other one that has a beach program, and we're dang proud of it. And, uh, you know, that's we say we're the southernmost school in the Big Ten, so we got the best weather. And we've been playing, you know, we've been playing outdoors more this winter than we ever have, and we're actually going to try it. We're trying to have a match outdoors uh, next week. It's going to be in the 70s. We're just trying to get permission from the university to hold those courts because, you know, they're student courts. And uh, so we'll see where that goes, but worst case, we'll still play indoors. But, um, yeah, it's been a kind of a crazy couple of weeks of weather here. Which means it means something's coming big and it's going to get really cold and we're going to have a big storm. So there's my prediction, Lauren. It's going to be snowing in May. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there'll be there'll be something crazy coming. This next question has to do with newer rules and and newer things that have been implemented within the last few years. But I've, I'm starting to notice, and not so much on the volleyball front, but on your favorite sport, the football front, a lot of prominent coaches are getting out of collegiate level coaching, Nick Saban, Jim Harbaugh. And I'm hearing, I, I mean, I, I don't know them personally, but I'm hearing a lot of that has to do with NIL and new rules and, and the impact that it's having on, on teams and programs. And so do you believe that that's negatively affecting your program, programs across the country, and do you think we're going to see more coaches not only getting out of the game on the football side of things, but maybe on the volleyball side of things as well? Well, I can't predict uh, what coaches are doing. Uh, I, I know this. I, I'm, I get asked about potential candidates finding them, and I mean, I, 
it's really hard to think of who the next great assistant coach is or, or who's, how many great new young head coaches there are. Uh, so I worry about that a little bit. Uh, but it's, everything has changed. NIL and the portal have changed everything. And so you have to have a different mindset now. And what we're looking at is every year we're going to have to reinvent Nebraska volleyball. And for example, this year, I mean, we had four players went in the portal and left. Okay, we had a great season, great team, great chemistry, all that stuff. But there's reasons and it's easy for them to move now. And so that's hard because you recruit these guys for three years and we, we are still gonna recruit players, but now we just have to have the mindset, you know, their players are gonna leave. And whether it's playing time, whether it's, you know, they don't like the coach, or I, I don't know. You just never know. Uh, but uh, it's it's that's the way of the world now, and it's uh, um, it's complicating things. It's taking control away from coaches now. There's, they have less control of their programs, and you know, and and you know, I've I've been opposed to you know the portal and transfers and, you know, because I just think, you know, where, where at some point would you make a commitment and stay with it? But, you know, coaches can leave anytime they want to. So there's really no argument there. But um, the portal now has become a part of recruiting. And, and you can just see the results of some teams that have been using the portal a lot and they're having a lot of a success. Uh, that was one of the great things about our team last year. We... I mean, we started four freshmen. Those are kids we recruited, and um, and uh, so that was very rewarding uh, to know that we could still still kind of do it that way. But we're going to have to use the portal, and players are going to be leaving. So it's just the reality of it, and it does take away a little bit of the joy of coaching and why I think a lot of older coaches got into it. It's building those relationships, building a team, watching that team go. You know, now we had 14 players and four left. I mean, that's almost 25%. If I got my math right, it's almost 25% of our team left. So, uh, and transferred. So, and you know, they're going to schools we're going to play. So it's uh, three of them went to other Big Ten schools. So it's it's going to be uh, it's just a new world. How how do you try to maintain a roster with all that talent, all that depth, all those egos? You know, maybe when you have players who feel like they should be receiving more playing time and they're not, or do you even try to manage it, or do you just know that you're probably going to have some players going into the transfer portal at the end of the season when you do have a team with so much depth? Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, we do everything possible to keep these guys happy, give them opportunities, and they all know the best players play. The harder, you know, you work hard, you earn your spot, you keep it. You know, and if you don't perform, somebody else is there. And uh, it's, you know, it's pretty, pretty simple. And there's, you know, so, but if they don't see down the future that maybe they're going to play or they can't, they don't feel confident in beating that person out, then they can go somewhere else. It doesn't guarantee they're going to play at the next program because, you know, the other thing you got to factor in is everybody else is recruiting the portal too. So you might go somewhere and then they bring in a fifth-year grad transfer. So... Uh, we're trying to be as upfront as we can, as honest as we can, trying to create the vision and the picture and, and get players that, you know, want to come and compete and, and fight it out. But we know that it's, it's not a perfect world in that. And, uh, 
you know, in the old days, we, we wanted to redshirt everybody. You know, that was the whole plan, was you try to redshirt somebody and then you got them for five years and they're going to be a lot better when they're 22 years old than they are when they're 17 and a half or 18. So uh, times have changed. And again, it's part of club volleyball and social media and exposure. And, you know, these guys are, you know, I just was down in Kansas City and Laney and Harper and Merritt, Merritt's coaching down there on a team. Laney and Harper go down for their old club teams because uh, Laney's mom was coaching a team and uh, Skyler and Olivia are down there because Olivia's sister's playing and Skyler's, you know, from Kansas City. I mean, they, they, they get mobbed. It's unreal. They, they're like rock stars, and it's really cool for them. But I share that example because that is the world we're in now. They get a lot of attention, and then all of a sudden, if they're not getting attention, not playing, that changes for them. And so maybe they're searching for that. But... Um, yeah, the sport of volleyball is changing really, really fast right now. You are currently in your beach season, but you'll eventually move to your indoor spring season. I received a question on Twitter asking if, if you guys would ever play an indoor spring match at the Coliseum. Um, and then I don't think we can talk about the, your spring match that you have planned for this year yet, but a lot of fans are wondering where it's going to be. Um, all I know is we're playing on May 4th and that's, hopefully that doesn't get edited out. <laughs> so we'll, we'll just leave it at that. They still have not signed all the paperwork and, you know, what, what really goes into it is, you know, they got to figure out seating and tickets because it's, they sell out so fast. So how, that's what they're working on right now. Cause it's not like we're playing in 10,000 seat arenas. We're going somewhere to a smaller gym. And there's only so many seats. They got to deal with fire marshals, and uh, so hopefully we're going to be announcing it soon. But the plan is to play May 4th, and we normally normally we play that April 27th weekend. That's what we've done. But football moved their spring game, so we don't want to do it the same day as spring. So we we moved it back to May 4th, and uh, our graduation finals week is in the middle of May this year, so it allowed us to have some flexibility. Why don't you play a match after football? Uh, just because uh, we want to get as many people come to spring football game in Lincoln as we can. So this is where I put on my working for the city of Lincoln tourist commission hat. So <laughs> and maybe, maybe they'll you, give me a nice Yeti cup or something. <laughs> would you ever play a spring match in the Coliseum or in PBA to so you have more seats, more fans can come? No. No. We, we like going one match. Because remember, we're playing, Lauren, we're playing 24 matches of beach. So we're getting plenty of competition going. And I, don't, I just feel like we don't need to go, you know, you're allowed to play four days in the spring. And a lot of teams are scheduling these ter matches and they go to small towns. Or I just think we just look at it as a time to train, get better, and have one match and kind of celebrate Nebraska volleyball and, and celebrate taking our team somewhere in, in the state, and they love that. Thank you. Our friend's back. You want to say hi to Papa? <laughs> say hi, hi Madden. Oh, oh, sorry. Hi, Merritt. Can you say Kicking Back with the Cooks is the best podcast? Kicking Back with the Cooks is the best 
The bathtubber. <laughs> okay, big words. Close enough. Okay, go watch your show. Speaking of questions on Twitter, I had a few more come in. I put up a, a little Q&A for fans to ask questions for this month's episode. And one of the questions was, Tim Tebow made a comment when he was at Florida about winning multiple championships, and he was praised for it. And they were asking, you know, Harper made a similar con comment at when your season ended after you guys lost, saying that you guys were going to come out, come out and try to win multiple championships in the future. And some people criticized her for it. Why do you think that is? Um... Good question. I, the, and the, what they're referring to, the Tim Tebow, there's a, uh, uh, was a show on Netflix called Swamp Kings, and it was about when Tim Tebow played at Florida and Urban Meyer was coaching there. Great, great, uh, I think it was four, four parts to it. And he did talk about that, that they felt like they should have won multiple championships, and they, they believed they were going to do that. And I think, uh, I think it's more accepted for men to be cocky and confident like that, and maybe that's something in, in the women's world that maybe isn't looked at that way that you're cocky and you know it, that's not appropriate but I loved it because it was really expressing or Harper was really expressing her belief level and I'd rather have players thinking that than that we're never going to win a championship and and it was an emotional time an emotional moment it was tough uh, but she was expressing you know without a filter she was expressing her belief level and and uh I think that's what great players are made of. When I when Madden asks me to play volleyball with her, I'm always Harper. Oh, like you're Harper, her. and she's Merritt. Yeah. Yeah. She's Merritt, I'm Harper, <laughs> and that usually Daddy is Lexi. Okay. That's and awesome. Mimi, if Mimi comes over and plays, she's Bergen. Okay. <laughs> so, that's hilarious. We just, well, how, we just how, how many living rooms in Nebraska do you think that's going on, uh, or across America? You know, kids probably, pretending they're Nebraska volleyball players. Probably more than we think. Yeah. It's yeah. The the obsession is real. Yep. All right. Some of the other questions: How close is USA Volleyball to making a deal or moving to Gretna and setting up their headquarters there? I think. Uh, what what I know and understand, and I, I, they had me testify at the Capitol about this project and talking about it a little bit because they're trying to get uh, tax exemptions and stuff, so, which I really don't understand all that. But um, I think there's they're in they're very in deep negotiations. They're working through some of the details. I think the paperwork's there and. They're just ironing it out, but it's a great opportunity for USA Volleyball. This, this Good Life District is going to be unbelievable. There's probably going to be now an NHL hockey team coming in, and uh, it's going it's to transform Nebraska. And, you know, if we can get USA Volleyball, we've proven that this is the epicenter of volleyball in this country, and to have the USA team here would just be another part of that epicenter. And, and uh, you know, one of their big hang-ups was international flights out of, uh, you know, Nebraska. Because typically when USA flies, they're going international. They're not going somewhere in the U.S. And now Omaha is redoing their airport and putting in international flights. So that's going to also be a game-changer. And um, they need a place to go because they're out of, they're going to get uh, run out of their lease in Anaheim. And, and they're looking, and I think it's just a great opportunity. So they're just working through the details and all those things. 
How do we get technology that the pro league has at the collegiate level? I know you, I think you mentioned on the last episode, last month's episode that the big 10 is in a contract with, I think it's DV sport. So you guys are stuck for another few years, but I think that sec is going to use this Hawk system. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm referring that or calling that the correct name. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but how do we, I guess maybe it doesn't matter so much for the season, but especially in the postseason. I feel like it would be beneficial. So how do we get those changes to happen? Well, it's, uh, we've discussed this a lot in the Big Ten and with the coaches. And, the, and again, there's a contract with DV Sports. And uh, so we have to work with DV Sports unless something changes or they figure something out. The SEC must be in an open contract period or whatever, but they're going to go with, I think, the Hawkeye system, which is used internationally it costs more money, but they don't even have lines people anymore internationally. Everything's off the cameras, and it goes great. So uh, that's where we'd like to get to, and, and congrats to the SEC for making that move and stepping up. Um, and uh, we definitely have a lot of room for improvement on the replay system and speeding it up. And if you watch international volleyball, the referee has an iPad up there, and they can just look and make the call right there. I mean, it's instantaneous. If there's something else they need to look at, then they can, you know, something a micro touch or something like that, then they can spend a little more time. But it's pretty much instantaneous. It happened, you know, the, the head ref makes the decision, and we're moving. And that's what we need to do. We need to keep this game moving as fast as we can because it's getting slowed down, and I think – you know, it's hard for the fans to stay in it. And then we go three hours, and, you know, that's a really long time. So uh, we gotta, that's got to be a goal to do that. But there, those, that's the Big Ten has to take the initiative of that and figure this out or figure out DV Sports got to figure out and do a better job with it. JB and I joke that we should be paid by the minute because <laughs> with pregame and then if you go, you know, if you do end up having a three-hour-long match and there's reviews in there, I mean, some of those reviews take at least five minutes. Yeah. And then your post game, we're on the air for a long time. So I'm all for speeding up the matches. Yeah, I'm on the review committee. The average, the average review is about between a minute 30 and two minutes. But there's one that went 11 minutes. Yeah, it feels long. Yeah. So that's like a game five. But anyway, yeah. uh, there, there's where volleyball's got to step up. And they've got to, you know, the conferences have to make the investment. And the SEC's doing that. How do you improve the environment in Devaney and are any plans in the works to enhance the atmosphere? And I think what this person was referring to is, are you going to combine the student sections? Are you going to change anything up, add any more seating? I know over the years you've been slowly making some additions and arrangements in Devaney, but is there anything more that you guys can do? Well, first of all, that would be a great question. I don't make those decisions. That would be call in on Trev's show and ask him that. We did do a survey of our fans, and our fans loved Devaney. They loved the game day atmosphere. It was, I got to see the results. It was overwhelming. The only negative uh, for some people is still at night, older people getting out to the parking lot to their cars and making sure there's good lighting out there and good footing, especially if it, you know, we get an ice storm or something like that. Uh, but... Um, our fans are loving what's going on, and, and we're trying to. That reminds me, I'm going to call our music people and the band and start getting work on a couple new songs. And, you know, we added the Red Kingdom, 
Uh, and so, uh, so we're doing it. We're constantly adding new things here and there. And we added the, some of the older videos of older teams and their accomplishments. So just trying to do, make it fun. And, uh, but our fans are very happy with Devaney and the game day atmosphere. You know, on one of our broadcasts, we had Molly, who plays the piccolo. Yeah. I learned what a piccolo was. Uh, or is she came on our broadcast? She killed it. Yeah. And but she was saying that you request songs, and a lot of them they can't play or, do, or haven't practiced, and so hopefully that's something they're doing in the off season. Well, I'm gonna beg them to do <laughs> learn revival by Zach Bryan. That would be a good so one. So your brother, I was with him last week, and he plays guitar, and I said, hey, can you play this song? And he, I mean, it's simple. He picked it up right away and was playing it, and. So I'd love to see the, the band. They could, they could really jam on that song. So Taylor's playing the guitar. Were you the vocals? Uh, <laughs> no. A little jam session? No. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty good. It was good. It's just a, it's a great song. I, lo I love it. Our players love it. And, uh, you know, it, it could be a really cool song to play in Devaney. I have a video of you. Uh, I think you were watching... You were at home. You were, I think you, were, you had a match that week or something, and you were, watch, you were scouting opponents, watching video. Maybe you were watching video on yourself, but you had Pearl Jam playing in the background, and you were singing along, and I snuck in and took a video. And <laughs> I have it. If I ever need to blackmail you, I have it in my back pocket. <laughs> Pearl Jam will like it. <laughs> uh, some other random questions that have nothing to do with volleyball. Someone wanted to know, do we both still take cold showers and drink mud water? Uh, not the mud water. Uh, I'm, I'm on matcha tea, and uh, the cold showers is still, uh, still part of the program. <laughs> it's hard in the winter. I've been, I've been in the sauna more than I've been doing cold showers. Yeah, it is hard in the winter, and... It's shorter, I can tell you that. <laughs> I, I am off mud water. I'm back to coffee. Yeah, I wish I could drink coffee, but I'm on my, my matcha tea. Ma matcha works too. And then, I, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Someone wanted to know if you've ever been on a reining cow or a cutting horse. I have no clue what that means, so I hope you do. Oh, I do. Uh, no, I have not. Uh, there's been times when the steers are loose that uh, Reggie will turn into a cutting horse. A cutting horse is basically a competition where they cut cows out. The horses are great. You watch Yellowstone, they do it on there. Taylor Sheridan uh, trains and has cutting horses. And, and the reining is just kind of more of a riding horses, and they stop and turn, and they get judged on that. So... Uh, but we actually, for the horse people on this show, and maybe we, this needs to become the volleyball, Nebraska Volleyball, uh, you know, Horseman Cattle Association podcast. But uh, um, the uh, <clears throat> guy kind of we, in Arizona, I've ridden with him a few times. He trains reining horses. So we've been working on training the roping horses more like reining horses, how they turn, move, and so on. It's fascinating. I love it. It's just trying. It's just another edge on coaching, and uh, really seen a difference with, with Reba and Reggie and how they move and, and do and some of the cues we're giving them. So it's been it's fascinating. Love it. I think one day, maybe for a spring practice, you should show up and 
cowboy boots, jeans, button-down, cowboy hat, and just coach a whole practice like that. Well, we could do that. I'll talk to Izzy. See if we <laughs> want to get on social media. <laughs> well, we've made it to your favorite time, confession and lesson, but I'm going to tee you up for your confession. Make okay. it easy for you. Okay. You went on a silent retreat. I want you to tell us about it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was just actually uh, talking to a guy about it this morning, um, asking me about it. So I went on a four-day men's retreat at Cloisters on the Platte, which is an incredible place built in Nebraska, and it's a silent retreat. So you, you, you start off with a meal, you're talking to all these guys, and then the next time you can talk to them, it's at the very end on Sunday and when it's over. So you kind of go three and a half days it's all silent. Now there's different lectures and things like that you're listening to, and, and th but it's, it was an incredible experience. I would highly recommend it. It's uh, got me way out of my comfort zone. Met some really cool people, but you just, you're there to, you can work on your spiritual life. You can work on just shutting off from the world. Uh, and um, and it's an incredible place. So um, anyway, really, really enjoyed it. And what was interesting, just to sh show you how cool this is, is that of the 80 guys, I think there was only about seven that this was their first time, and I was one of them. So everybody else were, were re have returned every year. And once you go, you have your date secured. You get the first option to go back that next year. So... Um, Anyway, that's, that's, that's my confession, Lauren. Well, then for your lesson, do you, have, do you or your team have any mottos or themes for this spring season, through beach, through indoor, or <clears throat> even maybe you're looking forward already to the fall season? Any, any mottos or themes that have popped up? Uh, no. I, I mean, I don't coach beach, so I let Jalen and Kelly do that, and I don't think they're really into it and have come up <laughs> with anything. So, uh, but we will have something at some point, uh, so we haven't got there yet. All right, well, Madden, we'll, we'll call our guest of honor back in to say okay. goodbyes. Come here. You want to you end the podcast? Okay, come here. Can you say, thanks for your time, Papa? Thanks for your time, Papa. Okay, or Madden, Papa. and then have fun playing volleyball today. <laughs> and say, uh, Thanks, Husker Nation. Thank Husker Nation for okay. listening and watching. Thank you for listening and watching. Say, kicking back with the cooks is the best. Kicking back to the boards is the best. Okay, you gonna push the button? <laughs> who's your favorite Husker? Um, Merit. And then who's your next favorite Husker? Um, Lexi. Lexi and Merit. Is Papa in there? Um, no. Oh. oh. <laughs> You got bumped down the list. Oh, I know, Coach. I know. That's a tough crowd for me to hang with. All right, well, All right, Matt, you, you say can, go Big Red? You can, go Big Red. Okay, go Big Red. You can push the button. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next month. Let me see. <laughs>